Welcome to Tech Culture Podcast, a podcast about careers, products, and business ideas related to tech. I'm your host Prashant, and I'm your host Kostub. Earlier this year, Andreessen Horowitz VC firm released a list of top 100 consumer-facing marketplace startups and private companies. In the today's episode, we are going to discuss some of the products from the list that we found interesting. and before we get into the discussions about products so let's clarify the definition of marketplace in the very simplified terms marketplace is any platform that connects buyers and sellers of goods and services with that in mind costo i think you have some details about the list itself that you want to share so why don't you get started we'll share the list in the episode description as well some of the new entrants featured collectibles cannabis startups and pet care collectibles remains like one of the categories to watch out why is it booming right now because millennials who grew up on these nos things now have the capital to acquire these goods without parental approval apart from the overarching theme of capitalism which promotes you to buy as many things as possible the list also has a few graduates so this is the second time the list has been published the graduates include companies which have been ipo'd or acquired airbnb doordash Postmark, Postmates, and some of the companies which IPO'd thanks to the bullish run of the market, they saw a steep hike in their stock price. But that's not what we are going to talk about. Of these companies, the top company, Instacart, accounts for seventy percent of the observed GMV, and GMV is a gross merchandise value or gross market value. Celebrity engagement had the highest year-on-year growth, so we also have one marketplace related to this. All right. So before we start talking about products, I wanted to explain few types of marketplaces that is going to be recurring theme when we discuss products later in our episode. One of the types of marketplace is managed marketplaces. Managed marketplaces perform some additional services to establish better trust other than the usual task of matching between demand and supply side. So these additional services could be verifying product authenticity, vetting the service providers or sometimes creating the supply side themselves these managed marketplaces are useful in marketplaces that require high trust and have high value transactions like marketplaces for luxury goods however there are also some downsides for managed marketplaces they have high operational cost so it is a little bit difficult to convert them into profitable business another type of marketplace is vertical marketplaces vertical marketplaces cater to the needs of a particular industry product category or a group of customers with specific needs so the good thing about vertical marketplaces is that they can offer experiences tailored to the unique needs of a particular group of users for example we have resale marketplaces like poshmark or mercury where you can sell all kinds of stuff however there is this product called curtsy where you can only shell women's clothes and accessories so curtsy would be an example of vertical marketplace and mercury or poshmark would be horizontal marketplaces all right let's get started with the first product that we want to discuss we are going to discuss the company called whatnot whatnot is both a vertical and a managed marketplace you can buy and sell items like funko pops 
or Pokemon cards or sports cards and few other items. When you sell expensive items on Whatnot, they are sent to Whatnot first for hand verification and then they are shipped to the buyer. It has raised $20 million in Series A funding in March of 2021 from Andreessen Horowitz and it was selected in Y Combinator Winter 2020 batch. One of the features that Whatnot offers is light shopping, which means that you get to verify the product that you're buying from like all angles. One of the interesting things about light shopping is in e-commerce, you have this distrust that the thing you're buying is not exactly what the product images look like. So the life aspect solves the problem of asking any amount of questions or like inspecting the product before you buy it. Personally, for me, one of the fun parts I remember about buying sarees for any of my female like relatives was like the male salesperson used to wear the saree so elegantly. It was never a dull experience. It also has the feature of life bidding, which creates a sense of urgency. Although the company is like very recent, the UI seems well developed something like Insta Life or TikTok itself. So do you collect any kind of collectibles? Well, I don't, but the list mentions that this category shot up 400% since last year. I think this is because people are staying at home longer and they cannot be able to see empty tables or rooms. And now people are starting to invest in home decor. So maybe collectibles is the way. Earlier, I talked about that they prov- they do hand verification for high-value items. So I checked their website and it looks like if the purchase value is more than $500 for a particular product, then they provide free hand verification for that. Oh, okay. The next company I'm going to talk about works in the domain of celebrity engagement and alternate monetization. It's called Cameo. And Cameo means a short appearance in a TV show or a movie. And generally, it's like a big name actor who appears in the movie for a very short part. So Cameo, the company, allows you to hire famous celebrities, uh, musicians, like just famous people to record short 10-second personalized clips. And these clips are often used as birthday gifts, ringtones, and whatever. Cameo is primarily meant for lesser-known TV stars like People who are no longer maybe in the news cycle or they don't they don't have an active TV show right now. So it's like James Murray from Impractical Jokers, uh, Kevin from The Office, Carol Baskin from Tiger King, and Kevin O'Leary. Right now, it's only US specific, but it can easily integrate into other markets because the platform in itself works very well. In March 2020, they raised. $100 million, making this another unicorn. Since last I checked in December, they added this feature for live one-on-one call. And it features more people who you might have seen like maybe 15 to 20 years ago on TV shows. And yeah, one-on-one call with celebrities seems pretty interesting. So uh, have you checked what kind of charges are there for this? Depending on the person, they charged from $50 to $100 for one minute to 10 minute calls. Seems this works very well because the top earners on the Cameo platform reaked in uh, two hundred to two fifty thousand dollars in one year, and about one fifty people made more than hundred thousand on the platform. The important thing about companies like Cameo is it not only uh, has interactions for the users, like the common people, but 
as a content creator it provides you a source of monetization so those creators or actors or celebrities are going to use their own personal influence to boost the platform so that is like a two way promotion for the platform so i was looking into how different people are using cameo and for what purpose they are using it and i found a video someone commissioned from the guy who played hank shredder on breaking bad <laughs> it was the script was pretty funny so it was something about bringing back the minerals <laughs> and so another uh, i another post i found on reddit was someone wanted to promote their book by getting the celebrity to say something or this but when you commission a video from a celebrity you can only use it for personal and non commercial and non promotional purposes so you cannot use it for advertising your whatever books or business or company <laughs> of course all right so next we will look into the e-commerce domain first of do you want to talk about this so offerup is a second hand c2c marketplace a16z was a recent investor it could explain why a certain e-commerce features on this list and not others like <laughs> maybe mercari which are not invested in by them offerup last year acquired ledco which was one of their competitors and similar to other e-commerce platforms they saw a 30 to 40% increase in purchases thanks to the pandemic again 1 billion dollar valuation another thing is poshmark also works in the domain of e-commerce and they were in the list of graduated startups because they ipoed some time earlier this year so uh, talking about the companies that graduated from the list i actually looked into how their stocks were performing i looked into airbnb doordash and poshmark and all of these companies had like 60 to 100% increase in their valuation on ipo however it seems like only airbnb has retained their valuation and doordash and poshmark has come down a lot since their ipo in the past 4 5 months have they gone below their launch price oh uh, no not yet so i think poshmark is quite close to their uh, ipo valuation price and doordash is quite close to their valuation okay poshmark launched at 101 and right now it's at 43 Yeah, so in my opinion, since the COVID situation as well as vaccination situation is getting a lot better in US, maybe people are doing a lot less online shopping and deliveries, and maybe people have already started to travel. So that's why Airbnb valuation is holding. True. All right, so we got sidetracked. So let's go back into the products. The next category I'm going to talk about is education. Two of the interesting ed tech, education tech companies I found was Varsity Tutors, which features on number twenty six, and Skillshare, which features on thirty eight. So this podcast is sponsored by Skillshare. Not yet. Ah, uh, I will make it a sponsor. <laughs> That's a quick little prequel memes for you. Yeah. So some of the features I'm going to talk about the. companies in the edtech domain are quite similar but there are a few things special to skillshare which i'll talk about later let's talk about what varsity tutors has to offer so the current generation of parents are mostly millennials or like almost millennials who were college students or recent graduates and 
because of that education they feel conflicted that maybe the teachers are not offering the best education this has led to like the ultra rich people organizing cohorts of smaller like almost home schools where they hire teachers to teach a small class of 10 students or so so varsity tutors is in that to me it offers like one to one private tutoring as well as the courses it offers ranges from grade 5 english to uh, math trigonometry teachers which is very specific to even computer science and civil engineering and the teachers on this platform are current university students looking to make a quick buck or actual professional teachers you can filter tutors by location or like from what university they are in if you open any tutors page you can see scores from lsats how much they scored in like ap calculus bio whatever basically what subject they are teaching what were the marks that they are received this is like very indian parent thing but apparently it works in us as well if you got good marks in a particular course or a subject definitely you can be the best teacher for that subject there is no flaw in this logic right yes they've added in some intelligence in like assigning tutors and classes are recorded there are built in tools for collaboration like whiteboard which is very similar to google's jamboard coming back to the point of the current generation of parents the amount of attention that people want their children to receive might not be possible in a class of 30 to 40 students but it's possible in a class of 10 or so there are quite a few edtech companies which are working in this domain apart from varsity tutors and skillshare there were two more companies which were outschool at number 10 and masterclass at number 3 all right so uh, about varsity so how are the student charged like are they charged uh, for each course they take or is there kind of like a subscription thing that you pay this much each month and you can take as many courses as you want the courses it offers are like bundles and are individual courses which you can buy or you can also join like a small cohort and you are charged for each of these by the hour so you can take up a language course like spanish and it has maybe 8 to 10 lessons and you are charged by each lesson not necessarily a subscription service but pay as you go how much are the tutors paid so maybe some of our listeners who love teaching want to start teaching some subjects here so i could only find information about how much every course charges i'm not sure what is the cut of the platform or like how much does it give back to the tutors let's talk about skillshare one thing which separates skillshare from varsity tutors is the way you teach adults and the way you teach children is somewhat different because they want to spend minimum time on the education part so skillshare not only earns from student but uh, the flywheel which we discussed earlier for cameo skillshare it's also good for online personalities to monetize their experience ali abdal is one of the productivity youtuber and he explains in this video youtubers are perfect teachers for skillshare because not only does skillshare sponsor their videos but the creators can promote their skillshare courses on each of their video without having the sponsorship itself two ways to monetize on skillshare one you can create affiliate links to sign up or people have their own courses on skillshare i also personally use skillshare for like finance management and photoshop like a few other marketplaces on this list skillshare has also benefited from the pandemic because people keep procrastinating their things like when i have time i will start and the pandemic gave them no excuse to keep procrastinating now 
Definitely, you don't know procrastinators. <laughs> You're talking to one buddy. A few different things from Varsity Tutors is it also offers classes on actionable, employable sectors like graphic design, finances, business, productivity. The courses are taught by people who have done those things themselves, like building an online brand or negotiating as a freelancer, uh, stuff like that. So it adds a lot more credibility to it. I also wanted to talk about masterclass, but that can be a separate uh, episode in itself. I think we talked about two edtech startups. I wanted to ask you. Uh, suppose you want to learn a new skill. So, what is your preferred method? Do you do you like video courses or do you prefer books or some other way? I found myself most accountable when I do small video courses of five to ten minutes, and I also implement them along the way. Why do you ask? I just just wanted to see like what is your way of learning new things. I personally prefer books over video courses. I tried doing few video courses, but I just couldn't get into it. I was listening to the Indie Hackers podcast today, and Ali Abdal happened to be a guest. One of the things discussed was on these platforms there might be hundred courses for learning how to code, maybe, but every teacher has their own way of presenting. So I guess if you find a teacher who works well with the type of your learning, maybe you get to complete the course, or maybe that is what you find effective. Right. Platforms like Skillshare are not only good for people who want to learn new skills. It's also good if you want to have some passive income stream of yourself. If you have good knowledge about a particular skills, you can create your own courses and you can sell them. So that is also pretty great. The next marketplace we are going to talk about is called Zola. It is a vertical marketplace for wedding industry. Jola provides tools for wedding website, registry, checklist, guest list, seating charts, and gift trackers. So when I was looking into Zola, I was quite surprised that people actually make websites for their wedding. Zola also uh, guides you th- through the entire process, and maybe you have some doubts about how to get started with different tasks. So it also helps that in that, and also answers your questions. Zola was founded in 2013 and it has raised more than 140 million dollars and their latest funding round was private equity round in May of 2020. The current valuation is around 650 million dollars. So from the services you describe is this catered to maybe like only Christian weddings or does this also work for other religions? I mean the platform itself is religion agnostic so if you need tools for registry or seating arrangement or creating your invite you can use this platform doesn't matter and that's not a question in the beginning when you sign up that what is your religion <laughs> okay like one interesting thing i notice about it is almost every sector that you can think of they have their own personalized website designs somehow the existence of wix square space and card allow these companies to have their own website designs i don't know why that works better all right let's move to the next section we are discussing products for travel industry during the pandemic the travel sector took a huge hit but now that things are opening up and people are getting vaccinated maybe it depends on the country in this context we are talking about us so Travel is one of the sectors which is expected to bloom post pandemic because people want to resume their outdoor activities. So Hipcamp is a company that manages your outdoor excursions. Let's say you just have this fascination of living in a tree house or an RV or camping out in the desert. 
HipCamp provides you managed experiences for that so that you don't have to go out figuring all the logistics. It's somewhat like a tools and travel which manages all your itinerary. Yeah, actually, when I was looking through the list, I found many companies for travel industries. So there were at least two companies which allowed renting RVs and camping vans. So these were Outdoorsy and Share. Other than that, there was this one other company that I found quite interesting. It was called Harvest Hosts. And they have a subscription plan. After joining the subscription, they allow you overnight stays at more than 2200 locations. And these locations could be like wineries or farms or breweries. Some of these locations also have golf course. This definitely looks very interesting. So you could just take your RV and go to one of these locations and just spend the night there. One of the aspects about building a community is like when you build the community, people join it for interacting with other people. And you can somehow monetize the community itself. This is something that has been done for maybe Slack groups for entrepreneurs. Or there are a few other platforms which promise you access to a group of people who are interested in the same domain that you are. And Harvest Hosts seems to be in that domain. One of the examples is the Trends group, which is run by the Hustle Newsletter. It offers like a community of hustlers who are working on their own startups or businesses or also people who are looking to either contribute to or fund these early stage startups. And the trends group charges you somewhere around $200 per year, and that's just for access to the community. But when you're surrounded by like-minded people, I think the value of the community rises much faster. I think that is all the products that we have for this episode, right? Yes. That is all for this episode of Tech Culture Podcast. You can find the links to all the topics we talked about in the show notes. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TechCulturePod. Visit feedback.techculturepodcast.com to provide us feedback. We would be very happy to hear from you. Catch you next time.